Hello and welcome back, and thank you for tuning in to Policing Matters on PoliceOne.com. I'm your host, Jim Dudley. Well, today we've got a great guest. Um, our guest is Miss Yale Bartour. Yale Bartour served until recently as the Director of Social Media for the New York City Police Department, where she created the digital strategy and oversaw the department's social media outreach and decentralized communications. Born and raised in Israel, Yael served in the Israeli army as a foreign press liaison and holds a master's degree from the Harvard Kennedy School of Government, where she wrote her thesis on police use of social media. She's been named one of IACP's 40 Under 40 and was also awarded the Hemmerdinger Award for Public Service from the New York City Police Foundation. Today, she's a social media consultant specializing in law enforcement and is working with clients around the country. You can check her out on her website, www.yaelbartour.com. That's www.yaelbartour.com. Well, thank you so much for being on Policing Matters. Welcome, Yael Bartour. It is indeed an honor to have you on this show. Oh, thanks for having me. Well, let's get right into it. Chiefs are in a tough position today. I mean, everyone in policing is in a tough spot. Um, if you kneel or speak up for BLM, uh, there's a possibility of alienating the troops. If they defend their personnel and practices, they will surely alienate a large segment of the public. So how should they respond these days? Yes, so it, it really is unprecedented, uh, difficult times, and you know you, you don't need me to tell you that. But the uh, interesting thing about the times that we're in, as opposed to um, you know maybe other parts of history when when there were um, these uh, police sentiments, is really that today we have social media, and um, it, it it just completely changed the conversation and made everything a lot more uh, flammable, uh, a lot more. Uh, um, you know, negative as well. Um, so I think one of the most important things that uh, police chiefs need to understand, and I think a lot of them are, um, really understand it today, is that this is no longer something we, we can ignore. Um, and when we look at uh, social media and, um, you know, the, the chatter going on and the way people are organizing online, um, we realize that these conversations are, are happening with or without us. So right. uh, one of the most important things uh, I think chiefs need to do at this point is acknowledge that this is uh, it's now and also moving forward going to be a huge part of policing and social media, even though I always say it's, it's not real life, it doesn't necessarily reflect, uh, you know, uh, um, the majority opinion, but it does have real life implications. And um, we need to start really integrating it into uh, policing strategy, not just as something that's kind of nice to have additionally for PR or something like that, but actually a, a real a real part of of our uh, community relations. Sure, and and we've seen over the years uh, police agencies more and more getting into the tipping their toe, if you will, into the waters of social media. So. I'm going to ask you, how often should an agency go to social media and on which venues, such as Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, uh, Nextdoor, Twitter? What's a, what's a good formula? So it, it really depends on, on the agency, and, and not, not all agencies are the same, and not all communities are the same. Uh, and, you know, I think a lot of people would recommend being uh, everywhere and on everything, but I, I think 
uh, we need to take a little bit more of a measured approach. So uh, depending on the, the personnel you have and depending on the time you have, I would pick the, the um, channels that are uh, most relevant in your community and uh, see if, if you can, you know, if you can be on them and then uh, gradually add some more. So if you're trying to reach maybe a younger audience in your community, you might want to go to Instagram. Uh, if you're trying to reach, uh, talk about breaking news and news media, uh, you definitely want to be on Twitter. Uh, but one thing you don't want to do is you don't want to open up um, all of these accounts and then just kind of leave them hanging because once you open them up, people expect you to update them. So it's better to right. kind of, uh, you know, start slow and pick maybe one or two to really invest in and, and take it from there. Because I realize also a lot of, you know, departments don't have, um, you know, necessarily uh, dozens of social media people. I mean, the, the NYPD doesn't have uh, that many even either. So, uh, you know, we, we do have to think about it also in terms of where where is our time best spent. Sure. No, that's a great uh, point uh, about personnel, uh, especially in mm -hmm. smaller departments. And yeah. actually, you're going to have to hire someone savvy enough so that there's not the delay in getting messages approved before they go out. So that's mm -hmm. uh, you, you've got to have a lot of confidence in that individual. So we've seen it uh, lately. Different agencies have different policies. Um, is there a best practices on how quickly a chief should respond to a critical incident? or after a critical incident, say after an officer-involved shooting? Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, well, the, the answer is uh, really as soon as possible. And mm. the good news is, you know, we don't expect or we don't want anyone to put out any information that's uh, inaccurate or, um, you know, that's kind of off the cuff. But we do really need to understand that, um, you know, it, these conversations are happening already with or without us. So if, if we're not telling our story, um, we better believe that somebody else is. So right. if there's a police involved shooting or even, even an incident that maybe um, tactically policing wise is not considered uh, something, you know, that, that is a big deal, but, but could have a big, uh, you know, uh, implication with our community relations. Um, we really want to try to, to get ahead of those things. And one of the things uh, that you can do if you do have if you do have an incident that you're investigating is is the easiest thing you can do is first just put out a preliminary, hey, we're you know that we are aware that there is uh, an incident and we're investigating it and we're going to give you information as, as soon as we have it, because then you're you know you're kind of taking that first step and saying okay we, we're, we're acknowledging something's happening, um, we and you know we, we're committed to uh, to updating you. And right. uh, the last thing you want to do is post something completely unrelated, right? So, you know, uh, you might have had a great graduation ceremony that day, but you know what? Um, nobody is really interested in that right now. Everybody's talking about this incident. So right. really the bottom line is, is this, the information is getting out there. It's getting out there uh, with journalists. It's getting out there by bystanders, getting out there from the unions uh, uh, <laughs> and, you know, uh, chiefs need to uh, make sure that their their message is out there as well as soon as as soon as they can. Sure. So at least put a face to it and take some ownership in it. Yeah, absolutely. And NYPD, I think you know, we would usually have uh, a press conference within a couple of hours of a shooting, 
Um, but even even without a press conference, um, you know, and maybe it's even easier without a press conference because you can you can just put out uh, the preliminary uh, information that that you have, and also have to be very very careful about how you word it and make sure it's it's worded correctly and in a sensitive way. And I realize I realize these things are, are very uh, scary, uh, and they <laughs> should be uh, because it is it is kind of a new uh, a new scary world where anything can be taken out of context and. And, you know, uh, you can really find yourself in hot water. But I think it's even scarier not to do it. Uh, no, because absolutely. that means somebody else is doing it. Somebody else right. is, is telling what is saying what happened in this police involved shooting. And that's that that, you know, that person is usually not us. Yeah, we've seen we've seen um, some of those uh, situations play out in real time where a chief maybe had to walk something back. Um, Usually those are sort of cases that involve those, you know, quote, awful but lawful tactics where mm -hmm. we can use we can use a um, particular hold or uh, defensive move or um, something like an authorized hold, a leg sweep, uh, distraction blows where, you know, the the community may not understand that. An officer pounding on someone to get them to let go of a weapon or to bring an arm back is is an authorized uh, use of force. They don't see it. They don't they don't get it. Um, what mm -hmm. should the should the chief take the role of the educator? Should he take the opportunity to explain these things or what's what's the message in those kinds of situations? Yeah, and, and those are really, really tough because, um, you know, an, an awful but lawful is something that, that comes up a lot in, in in policing and in social media, uh, where you know that there might be public outrage about something like you said, where where the officer might have been uh, completely justified, or even you know might be preventing some uh, some greater harm by by using these tactics. Um, the thing uh, the thing when, when these type of incidents happen, uh, to, you know when when we look about public opinion today, it's it's really guided by by emotion. It's not guided by by fact so and, you know we even think of ourselves if we're more likely to read a headline and make up our mind about an incident than say to ourselves oh okay well you know, I don't know i'm reading an article about some conflict in the middle east let me uh dig in and like read the numbers and make sure i get um you know all the information uh mm -hmm. th that's probably something that's not going to happen we kind of make up our mind emotionally based on an image that we see or an, an anecdotal uh story that we hear mm -hmm. so um, when we when we explain uh, these tactics, and, and I think we should because we have we have a, an obligation to, and we we want to also defend our practices and our officers. Um, we should do that, but we can't. Uh, we we shouldn't assume that it's necessarily going to turn the tide. Um, what it will do is maybe some damage control, and also you know ensure our our officers that that we are um, you know we're supporting them. And we understand, um, you know, the implications of, of what they're doing. But unfortunately, when we talk about incidents uh, like that, where um, you know uh, that there's an incident that caused a lot of uh, caused a lot of uproar, um, a lot of times uh, these are not necessarily battles that we're going to win. And maybe it's easier to think about it uh, that way because um, you know we're going to put out our information, we're going to maintain our integrity, we're going to say this is what we did. Um, and we stand behind it, but those are not going to be the instances where we're going to necessarily turn um, protesters into, um, you know, uh, new recruits to the police academy, so to speak. 
Um, right. But the, the important part of that is really um, that, you know, in, in policing and, and um, I had some chief, I heard some chiefs say this once that you need to invest in the bank of public trust because you're going to withdraw from it uh, at times. And, and it's true, especially of these awful but lawful situations, but also in situations like, um, uh, you know, uh, what happened in, in Minneapolis as well. Um, you know, uh, you have a terrible, terrible incident where, uh, um, you know, it doesn't necessarily reflect uh, the views and the opinions of the whole department, but it is going to uh, shine that negative light on them. Mm-hmm. So as a chief, you're any day now you can find yourself in a situation where, Um, you are uh, doing something, whether lawful or not, that is going to reflect poorly on on your department. And there's sometimes not a lot you can do about it, but damage control. And that's why it's especially important to every day kind of invest in that bank of public trust by putting out your stories, by putting out your messages, by showing the great work that your officers are out there doing in the community. Because once you have a shooting, it's, it's too late. You know, once you have a shooting, something bad happens, you're not going to be able to put out those photos of cops and, you know, kids playing, playing together because it's not going to uh, make, you know, it's not, it's not going to make the impression that you want it to make. Right. A little too, too little too late at that point. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So in winding down a little bit, I, I want to ask you, um, my last question is, um, when is enough enough? Uh, should an agency ever go dark on social media? And if so, when? You know, I'm thinking, mm-hmm. you know, recently we've had some causes, maybe they were political causes, um, maybe they were for charities where, you know, we just blank screen it or we just don't put out any messages that day. Um, sometimes you'll mm-hmm. see after an officer killed in the line of duty, you'll see a star with the, the black band on it um, to show that the agency's in mourning. When, when is it appropriate to do that? Uh, it, it really depends on, on the agency. Um, if, if it's taking part in a, in a social media initiative, um, you know, it, it really depends on that community. If it's after an officer involved shooting uh, as well, you know, um, you definitely want to want to take some time. Um, I, I don't know if it's necessarily a question of when you should go dark, but maybe what type of content you should post. Because at the end of the day, you're still a public service agency. So if you have a person who's missing uh, or a person who's wanted or some type of uh, critical information, uh, you know, you, you're, you're still going to want to post those things if you can. Because, um, you know, as police officers and, and police departments, they don't, they don't get to take these um, uh, necessarily these breaks from their duty. Uh, and we do want to start treating our communications as, as part of our duty. Um, but I, I think as, as far as uh, special circumstances go, um, you know, it, it really it really depends on on each on each and every agency, uh, because, you know, when, when we're not saying anything, we're also, you know, that that in itself is, is a statement. So mm-hmm. if, if the statement of not saying anything is, is stronger than anything we'd want to say at that point, then, then we should. Uh, but if not, then, um, you know, I would recommend trying to, trying to maintain some, some kind of rhythm going. Yeah, that makes sense. At least to put a genuine message out there rather than just keep mm-hmm. throwing content. Up. Yeah. And a lot of times it's, it's about tone as well. And, and one of the things that we see a lot of people make a mistake, a lot of people make on social media and, and not, not, not just, um, you know, public agencies, but we've seen mm-hmm. a lot of, uh, private and, and even celebrities make this mistake as well uh, is when they do something that's considered tone deaf. Um, 
So, you know, uh, you might have a great uh, photo of, um, I don't know, um, a cop doing uh, something fun or going, I don't know, going down a water slide, something maybe a little more fun. Um, yes. But if, if, I'm a, if I'm a police department in, in California, for example, and there was just this, uh, this terrible incident in Minneapolis, uh, that's not the right time to post it. So we have to be very aware today of kind of what the, what the general tone of the conversation is, um, a national conversation about, about policing, a national you know, conversation in our, in our um, own uh, cities and our own um, jurisdictions, and make sure that whatever message we put out is, is not um, you know, at odds with, uh, with whatever discussion is already happening on, online. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Well, I wish we had more time. There's so many other questions <laughs> I'd like to ask you about um, body-worn cameras and, and response and putting you as a PIO or, or media consultants in, in difficult situations, um, uh, trying to come up with the right solution. And, and sometimes things are say, so chaotic, it's it's almost impossible to do so. But, well, they, they, oh, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, you go ahead. I was going to say this. Uh, I don't think this topic is going away anytime soon. So, I've, you know, maybe we'll have another opportunity to chat. Sure. No, awesome. <laughs> but what, what's happening next with you? What, what are you working on? Um, where, where can people see or hear you? Yeah, so uh, right now um, I, I left the NYPD after uh, close to six years there. Um, and uh, right now I'm, uh, I'm working as a uh, social media consultant. So I'm available for uh, law enforcement, uh, chief, sheriff, but also, you know, general public sector. Um, and uh, people can uh, connect with me on uh, my Twitter, which is LBT, or on uh, my website that you mentioned uh, at the beginning of the show, uh, .com, uh where I also uh, uh, write frequently about these topics. And, you know, this is really, this is really what I'm passionate about. And uh, when I, when I left AYPD, I was, um, I joke that, that I, you know, that job kind of spoiled me a little bit because um, it really, I don't think I could ever go back to doing uh, uh, social media, working for an organization that I don't, I don't really believe in their, in their mission. I don't feel that connected. Mm. So the natural uh, next step for me was to try to help, um, you know, any other uh, chiefs or police departments around that country kind of tell tell their story uh, because the stories are out there every day police officers are doing incredible things and we always you know we, we tend to complain and say you know why don't we see this stuff on the news and why don't people talk about that well that's that, that's in a sense on us to to get those stories out there yeah for sure. And I think it's it's sort of the nature that cops aren't out there uh, promoting themselves. So it's great to yeah. have someone on board who can do that. And mm -hmm. and I love your bank analogy. And I mean, you know, every time you get out there, you're making a deposit. So yeah. Um, yeah. like you say, if you don't promote yourself or if you don't put the message out there, someone's doing it for you. So I appreciate your efforts and what you do. And I hope to see you in the future. And thanks so much for your time today and your contributions uh, on behalf of policing. All right. Thanks for having me. Sure. And to our listeners, uh, thanks again for checking in. Thanks for listening. Uh, what's happening near you? We'd love to hear from you. Uh, comment under the podcast or write us at policingmatters at police1.com. Policingmatters, all one word, at police1.com. I'm Jim Dudley. Be safe.